This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Thanks, this is a Body Hot Girl Voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie. Oh my God, he always is Ernie. And I am Robert as always. And we are here today with our one of our holiday special episodes. Um, it is getting closer and closer to that part of the year. So of course, for us, that means we have treats for you guys. And today's treat is one of our one of our new friends to the podcast. We decided to dive a little bit into the sports side of our nerddom here a little bit this week. Yeah, you can see his shirt, whatever. Um, I, I'm, I'm an owl all the way. I'm FAU and I'm FIU, so I'm Panthers and Owls, so whatever. He can be Hurricanes. We eat Florida is a Florida school, man. It's a Florida school. It's all it is. But today we have someone on who is definitely in this world as well. We want to introduce Marvin uh, to our show. Thank you so much for coming on, Marvin. We want to talk, obviously, of course, a little bit about what you've played and how you got to where you are today with the things that you've done in your career. So where did you start with the love of fitness and, and sports and all of that? How did that come about for you? Um, I started playing football when I was what seven, eight years old. Oh wow! Uh, I actually started working out when I was in the eighth grade. So I started a long, long, long time ago. A few, um, a few, a few decades, unfortunately, but it's a good thing, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> you, you have that time in. Right. Yeah, it's it, it's been well over twenty years now. So um, that's crazy. So my love of working out and my love of football, the two kind of went together because they benefited each other. So um, I am a product of the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. So um, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's I mean, that's enough, 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 see, enough said. I mean, for definitely for sure. Uh, it's a great it's a great thing to come from that. So how long did you play for Alabama and what uh, what uh, positions did you play? I was there from 98 to 2000. I was an all SEC linebacker at the University of Alabama. Um, put in a lot of work there. So <clears throat> going from, and this is something I tried to explain to Robert because <clears throat> some, some of us weren't, weren't gifted the gift of like the physique to move from um, city league to high school to, to college. And so some of us like hit a wall, like physically, like myself, you know, uh, high school going to college, like it's a pretty big jump there. Like you said, when you go into college, you know, it's a difference when you're like 17 year olds going against 22 and 23 year olds who have been like competing at the highest level of the sport and you were at a power five school. So tell, tell me how you got yourself like prepared for all that. No, I wasn't at a Power 5 school. I was at the Power 5 school. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. I was at the best <laughs> of the best. And going in as a freshman, if you know anything about football, uh, I, as a freshman, I was playing against the likes of Chris Samuels, uh, all-pro Washington wow. Redskin, uh, Sean Alexander. Uh, you know, a lot of that. That's, yeah. that's big time. Yeah, you got to be prepared but, for that. And, and I worked them over as a freshman. So, <laughs> oh, so, so you won, you won more of those against Sean Alexander. Then is what you're telling me. I won pretty much every battle. I didn't nice. lose all. Nice. Um, 
you know, me, I had a work ethic like many people never even could imagine, never even dream about. You know, I always worked harder than the next man, even in high school. Um, you know, my high school coach, he made sure and he prepared us in a way that we were prepared for anything. Um, coming out of my senior year of high school, I was actually benching 465 pounds, squatting 600 pounds, power cleaning 405 pounds. So when I got to Alabama as a freshman, I ended up benching what 525. So as a freshman, I was almost the strongest person on the team at 18 years old. So I came prepared and I used all those tools against everybody that lined up against me. That's insane to be able to, to be able to lift that much and be able to press that much so early on in your career that you were able to really get in and be just be right out of the gates, bam, I'm a powerhouse and you're going to have to deal with me. Exactly. I mean, especially as a, as a quarterback, when you're benching like that, you're going to put some power behind the ball at that point. I mean, you're oh, pumping no, that thing. Linebacker, so. Uh, linebacker, so you're you're killing people. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole mission, you know, seek and destroy. You know, everybody on the side, other side of the ball pretty much caught it. So, you know, on a daily basis, you know, I look over there and say, who's it going to be today? <laughs> put targets on people. That's all it's about, right? Oh, yeah. You know, when you're bigger, stronger, and faster than everybody, even at 18 years old, you know, not much people can do about that. No, definitely, definitely not. So when when you were uh, when you were making the transition from high school to to college, you felt like the transition was pretty easier given the gifts. But then there was a a mental aspect of, of football, also like being able to diagnose situations and kind of slowed the game down. At what point did the game become like slow for you, like? Like you were able to like see it coming. Honestly, the game was always slow for me from the earliest of age, you know, because I started playing football when I was seven years old. So my brothers, uh, one is what four years older than me, the other is five years older than me. The one that's four years older than me, he was playing on a 10 and 11 year old football team. I told my mom at seven, I wanted to play. She thought I was playing. So she ended up getting a fake birth certificate and I ended up playing on the 10 and 11 year old team at seven and ended up being a starting middle linebacker out there working the 10, 11 year olds over at seven. So it was always something that just came easy for me. By the time I got to playing, what, 12, 13 years old, little league pop one, I was actually getting paid by my coach at that point for every touchdown I ran for every time. So literally my entire family played for free as long as I played. So from an early age, everybody knew like that kid is different from everybody else so even when I got to college it was the same principle you know that kid's different because from the first day I walked on campus I took no pity on anybody you know first time I was on the cover of a magazine I was a junior in high school and I'll never forget it the caption read the south's most physical player by the time I was a junior high school I was famous around the world for laying kids out in high school so you know it was just something that always just came to me that's crazy. And, and so for, for you, it was almost second nature. You breathed it in, in both mental and physical aspects of getting out there on the field. How do you translate that to the rest of your life? Because once you're off the field, you, you, you're not going to be start tackling people. You know, you have to take that that strong mental focus, you know, putting targets on people and, and apply it to the real world. So what did you end up being able to translate that over to? Or did you kind of stay in the world of sports? And obviously, as we can see by your background, fitness, and kind of translate that f- laser focus on, you know, all right, here's my target. Is that, is that how, how did you kind of transition that over? 
Well, you know, in my, in my my life, I've always taken that same passion that I approach football and working out with into everything I do in life. Um, I actually teach um, high school engineering by day, so <laughs> I am I am the robotics team coach as well. So, yes, wow. so yes, I teach coding, programming, all of the above. Yeah, so. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I take that same approach into it. And with my robotics team, I tell them all the time, you know, hey, man, we take no prisoners. We going out here to whoop somebody. But I don't care if it is just robotics. Let's go. You know, so I've always taken that same approach in everything in life. So, all right, you got to talk to me a little bit about this because this is so cool to see. So, so two different aspects to you here that I'm loving. You're this this. I mean, you know, not to be too weird about it, but, you know, you have a, a, a body that just you've worked on. OK, let's not let's not lie. Let's not be there in the bush. You worked on it. You put some effort in. OK, but yeah, you got to understand a few years ago, I got up to almost 320. I was with 317 pounds. Really? Mm hmm. Wow. So that takes a lot of discipline to go to get from back down to 215. Oh, it takes a lot. Yeah, good lord! I can't keep twenty pounds off without looking at some sugar. I, I have a sugar addiction. It's really bad. Oh, I got my stem shirt on. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> two, two that is hilarious. So, talk to me a little bit about. Well, let's switch to this robot thing for a sec because I want I want to know more about this now. So, you're teaching okay. coding. You're teaching. So, are you doing like the the robot league where they're battling, or are you doing kind of AI engineering? Are you building? You know, what kind of work are you doing with these kids? Um, in VEX, it's two-on-two two in VEX. So it's almost like battle bots, but you got to uh. complete different challenges. And you can knock things down. You can harm the other robot. Yeah, it's similar to that. So, yeah, it's the, the VEX league. Mm -hmm. So we actually won first place in the state, not this past year. This past season got cut short because of COVID, but the year before, we actually won first place in the state for uh, ro best robot design. Um, year before that, uh, we won first place in the state and in the nation for electrical applications. So, you know, we, we're doing some good work over here. That's that's really impressive, too, because that's some hard stuff to get down. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I've always had the challenge. It's one. It's my one. You're literally doing the two things I'm the weakest at staying physically fit and coding like I could never. It's I've never been good at languages. Ernie's been good right. at sports. He's had that in his past. And he can deal a little bit more with the coding than I can, I feel, on some level. But I could never wrap it so much a language and Python, really getting into Java, C, all of the above. I yeah. teach it's cr mm -hmm. it's crazy and how they all interwork together. That's it's a fascinating field and I love it, but I just have no no ability to do it. Right. I, I'm a GUI guy. I'm a user interface. Okay, I can well, we, make we that can front end work for you. Do this though, because most people when they just see the big strong football player, they don't think that there's a brain in there and that you're supposed to know how to do all this stuff. So. <laughs> It's great. No, I'm loving it. It's it's and it defies so many things that you can you you hear about. You know that you're out there doing so different things, but in a lot of ways, it's the same thing. It's it's your engineering. You're you're following a process and steps to reach a goal, whether it's mm -hmm. computers or fitness or football. There's steps. There's rules. Right. There's hurdles to overcome and figure it out. And that's a lot of ingenuity. So I can see how you can kind of you put it slow things down. And how that would apply to a lot of different areas and really look at each piece and figure out the next step. Right. It's all like a big puzzle, you know. That's really that's really cool to hear. So talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges 
going into both of these, the fitness and the robotics, what were some of the challenges? Obviously, as you said, the football thing kind of came too easy up start. For the robotics, how did you kind of get into that? Was that as much of a challenge or was that just easy too? And you're just like the super Superman kind of <laughs> all well, over the place. For me, the robotics aspect, the, the actual engineering aspects of it are, were easy for me. Now, the difficult part came when actually having to teach it to high schoolers and getting them to compete and not understanding why they don't have the same drive and desire that I had when I played football to win. Why don't they have that same drive and desire to win at robotics? It's like, hey, man, this is still a competition. We're not going to hit or lose. I don't care about honorable mention. I don't care about we tried. So trying to get them to understand that, hey, man, we're going to do more than just show up. Okay. I hate losing. So, you know, that was probably the most difficult part. Have you, have you come across like uh, somebody in any of your classes that's kind of like, you know, kind of approached uh, some of the lessons that you learned and you're like, wow, this kid's really getting it, you know, and, and you kind of like take that on yourself, like you kind of like project yourself into that. Have you ever had that happen in any of your classes? No, but I can tell you one funny story though. <laughs> so one day I'm in class and I'm telling my students, okay, you're going to have a substitute because I got to go to Jekyll Island for our TSA, you know, our, our qualifier. So I'm like, I'm going to be out. One of the girls in the class, she says, she, she said, what's TSA? And one of my males in TSA, he jumps up. It's the nerd club. It's ours. I said, see, right there. That's what I'm talking about. That right there. See, that is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Like, man, sit around. You're making us all look bad. <laughs> like, she, nobody's going to take TSA and robotics from you guys, okay? It's going to be fine. <laughs> take a breath. Take a breath. It's okay. He jumps up. It's the nerd club. It's ours. I'm like, hold on, man. Time out. You know, there's, there's no, this is not the right approach. <laughs> At least he has the focus and the passion. I mean, you can't. <laughs> Can't wrong him for that. I mean, you know, it's mine. It's mine. Yeah, I, I still <laughs> talk to him to this day, and I remind him of that regularly. Like you do remember that day, right? That's <laughs> mm -hmm. oh, great. You, you're so you're working with kids at a very transitional part. You've been there, done that. You know, in your own life with your own passions, but you're dealing with kids now going into this that you're going to have them for a certain period of time and then they're gone in, out right. into the real world, right? right. Um, how are you feeling? I mean, do you, you obviously, as you said, you keep in touch with a lot of them. Are you seeing the long-term impact? You talk to these kids, they go to college, you see them getting heavier into this. Do you see kind of, because it, it, you always want to look for, and it's not like the goal, but it's kind of a, a nice little, hey, I can see the, the effect I'm having on others. Oh, listen, when I tell you, man, I got students who still send me emails. They follow me on Instagram, send me messages. I have students right now that are in Stanford School of Engineering, Colorado School of Engineering. I have another one in uh, Minnesota uh, Mineral and Mine School of Engineering. I have another one who's going to school to be a petroleum engineer. I, uh, all of my students pretty much leave and go on to do great things. It's, it's really impressive. It's really impressive. So, so talk to me. Talk to us a little bit about your holiday plans, because now, you, you know, school is really strange. Well, you know what? Let's talk about that first, because school is really strange right now, right? 
I got to imagine for you too, to a certain extent, it's really kind of weird. How are you keeping the students and what, what are you guys doing as far as schools? Because engineering, unless, is physical for to a certain, a large extent. I mean, there's a lot of coding involved, obviously, but how are you managing to keep the kids interested and still have that energy now? It's definitely a struggle because the majority of the students that I have now in my second level or my third level class, I've had them before. So they know what the expectations are and they know normally we will be in the lab and in the lab, there's so many more things we can do hands-on wise because we got pretty much every tool known to man in the lab. So not having the ability to use all those tools and do all the things we would normally do is definitely a struggle. So um, I know they're bored and I tell them all the time, you know, just bear with us. You know, we got to get through this COVID, you know, because at the end of the day, I know y'all want to go build robots. I know you want to go learn how to solder. I know you want to learn all these different things about manufacturing and everything else. But at the end of the day, we got to keep your parents and everybody else safe. So, you know, just trying to get them to understand that there's more to life than having fun at this current juncture. Keeping them, keeping them, keeping them motivated for sure. Right. What, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the number one thing is with, like, relating to the different generations now? Are you seeing like a like a bigger like rift between like, you know, what life was like when you were in high school as opposed to now? Like, are things that much different? Or they pretty much completely different. Honestly, this generation, it's all computers. It's all fun stuff. It's all tech stuff. You know, they have no desire to do the things that I did when I was growing up. Because I didn't play video games. You know, even growing up, we had Sega Genesis, Nintendo, um, all those other game systems, the Wii. But I never had any desire to play them, nor did any of my friends really play them. You know, we were more of a hands-on type generation. So I will say that this generation... Um, it's probably a lot less equipped to deal with adversity in life because they're so used to Googling things when they have a problem. They're so used to going to YouTube when they have an issue. They've never had to physically just figure something out on their own like we did growing up because it wasn't go to YouTube or go to Google. You know, you had a problem. You had to use this like, okay, what is the, what is this, the best solution that I could come up with to fix this here and now? Because again, the internet was not an option to go find an answer. You had to, if this was your own internet, you know, you had to use it. So I just, I don't think this generation is as equipped to deal with problems as we were. That is a very valid point, I gotta say, because I have kids myself. Um, I have an 18 year old, God help me, um, and a 13 year old. I have a 13 year old girl and an 18 year old boy. So I'm dealing with both of them at the same time. It's, it's fantastic. Ernie has a kid as well. And it's just so, I hate to say the word kind of almost brain lazy, but they aren't required to really have that sense of, 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 of push to figure it out. But you know what it is though? A lot of it is their parents are enabling them and they are allowing these behaviors to go on. The parent, this generation of parents is really babying their kids. And one of the issues that I had when I went to my new school a few years ago, the parents did not like one of my methods. And, and what I explained to them is in engineering, there's always going to be more than one right answer. You know, just because, you know, I would do it this way doesn't mean that you can't do it another way and we will still get it to work. So on my board, 
there's this huge message on my board that says, I don't know, you tell me. So anytime a kid would ask me a question, that's what I would just point to the board. Like, I don't want you to do what I would do. I want you to use your brain and to figure it out. And the parents, when I first got to this school, they hated it. They complained to the principal. I was in countless meetings because I was making these kids use their brains and figure things out. But by the end of that year and every year after that, parents come to me and they say, my kid does things I never thought my kid could do. And I want to tell them like, hey, your kid could have done this, but because you've been enabling them all this time, they've never been, they've never had to do it. In my class, they have to do it. So I'm just bringing out of them what's already in them. Yeah, it's so strange because Erdy, I know your daughter is is fairly athletic. My kids are totally not, but my son has always had that drive to get where he wants. He wants to go into engineering himself. So he's had the drive. On the other side of the coin, the flip side of that, my daughter is just her favorite activity is sleeping at the moment. And it's just awful. And she has a lot of potential in tech. She wants to be in videos and she, she wants to do editing and she wants to be a filmmaker and all this, all this stuff. But I don't see that same drive and that same um, creative thought process as you're talking about the ability to, to find the answer for yourself um, to the point now where she has all these electronic devices, but they each have about an hour limit on every single one of them every day that's all she gets because she's got to start thinking for herself a little bit and and coming to that point where she's able to solve problems in her own mind as you as you put it you know using this up here instead of a, a screen in front of you that shows you the way not that that's, that's not helpful but that's the thing they were not allowed to bring their phones to my class they were not allowed to use laptops or computers no that's not part of how you're going to figure this out you're going to use this to figure it out <laughs> well, and that's such a such a, a crucial thing i mean again we're, we're all of that weird age where we've been there when there wasn't technology and we've been there when there was technology so we know how it is both ways right. and for our generation which again depending on what age you exactly are you know and what month you were born it depends there's like three different little areas in there you know you're you're at this point where you either grew up learning computers as they came along you learn. You grew up where you didn't, and then all of a sudden you did, or somewhere in between that. And when and exactly how you got in front of those screens kind of really affects where you were to be able to kind of um, decide when you could think still with your brain, but use that as a tool if you need it, rather yeah. than I need to rely on this solely, which is what the kids are doing. They didn't. They don't know any better. They just, they just don't know any better, unfortunately. Um, what were you, Ernie? You've had that experience at least a little with your daughter too, right? Well, yeah, uh, I had my daughter later in life. <clears throat> you know, you, all my friends started having kids around their 20s. I waited till my late 30s. She's nine now, um, but she's, she's athletic. She's athletic like I was athletic and she's really competitive and uh, she's into gymnastics and cheerleading. So what I see in her is that she that she studies a lot of like the gymnastics moves to like be more technical. And she realizes using that stuff into cheerleading makes her a better cheerleader. So she's really moving up. And now she's in a, like a, a group with like 13 and 14 year old girls and she's a, a flyer. So she's constantly like working on like her technique and things like that. So I see the drive there in her schoolwork. I see it also. Um, where like, especially with the sciences, the math and things like that, 
She's very good in math. Uh, she likes to figure things out. She's always looking for like a better way of solving things. She still uses pencil and paper, which I greatly appreciate. Yeah, that's but, nice. But the one thing that throws her off though, is when I tell her like the stuff that I had to use by uh, trying to solve those things. And she just thinks, how did you make it this far? In the <laughs> right? I tried to explain to her encyclopedias, right? I tried to explain to her the concept, no clue, none whatsoever. She thought, what is this, the dark ages? You mean you had to go to another place, a library to look up stuff in a book? And I was like, yeah, sometimes, you know, you would find a friend, like a rich friend who probably had like a, a set themselves. And, you know, you'd like make friends with them and you go over there and you like look through their encyclopedias to do your homework, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and she just like, man, you guys were so backwards. And, I'm, and now, you know, Wikipedia, you know, all that stuff is gone. Some of her homework involves like her going on and like pulling stuff off the internet and, and problem solving. But uh, much to your point, like you said, um, I, I would like to see more teachers like put it back onto them instead of showing them like, like handing them like the solution, you know, right. if the problem is this, this is the solution, not like coming up with ways, other ways of doing it. Um, I don't know. Have you come across like similar differences with, with your students? Yeah. And that's why their parents hated my board. I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> but it's funny though, after their child is in my class, the end of the, every year, my kid, they'll come, they'll tell me all the things that their kid have fixed in the house, things that their kids have built. And it was like, I did not know my kid could do this. And then I just point to my son. I don't know, you tell me, you know, because again, those are skills that are gonna, that they're gonna carry throughout life because, you know, those are basic problem solving skills. You gotta be able to problem solve, you know? So, and, and I would always tell them like, I can show you how to do this. I can give you the answer, but I'm doing you a disservice by giving you the answer. I'm not doing, I'm not helping you by giving you the answer here. I'm not helping you. That's, that, that is me taking away from your learning by me telling you how to do this. Yeah, that's, that's so true. That's so true. It's it, we need more, more teachers out there like you that do, that do that, that really put it back on the student to kind of help them figure it out. Cause you're not going to be there. You know, we're not going to be there as a parents. You're not going to be there as a teacher when they're out there in the real world to, to, to hold their hand. And it's like, they're going to end up falling flat on their face at some point, And we're, literally just trying to help them prevent that from happening it's a promise guys you know for all our younger listeners out there all you know two of them uh <laughs> that aren't our age um you know it's true we're just trying to help it's all we're trying to do so you can avoid some of the things that we did and you can learn from what we've done right and what we've done wrong right. now speaking of doing things right obviously you know uh, you know your, your tagline is body by adonis got that Talk to me a little bit about your fitness program for us older folk, older folk. Uh, yeah, like both of us, we're both in our 40s. We're not going to fool ourselves. You're actually younger than both of us, uh, sadly. But I'm um, in my 40s as well. <laughs> well, talk to us. It's, it's a change. I feel like I've gotten slower in, in everything I do, that the, the, the motivation isn't as, as much there as it used to be, you know, when I was in my 30s, you know, so long hey, ago. Hey, should I tell them my CrossFit story? 
Uh, yeah, no, first? this is a great example. Yeah, please go with the okay. CrossFit. I tried this. Okay. Bull yeah, flop. yeah, he went. He went there. He went I went there. there. I, I tried. I really did. I was my first night at CrossFit. I had no idea what to expect, man. So I showed up to this place. It's off these these train tracks. It looks like it's an old garage. There's no AC in the place, and I'm Look walking. Wow. And literally. <laughs> And literally every dude in there looks like they're page 16 out of the Abercrombie and Fitch magazine, right? <laughs> they're all ripped and toned and everything. It was and awful. I'm like, and I'm walking in there. I'm like, what the hell am I doing here, man? There's no way I'm going to survive this, man. <laughs> and what was this? This was probably in my 40s. My, I was just getting into my 40s. You and, were? Uh, yeah, I was just getting into my 40s, man. And uh, that's where I felt the need to like try to work on this. Um, it did help after a while, but like, it was very humbling. Cause as a kid, you know, playing sports, I was able to do pull-ups, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, run a mile. And now that's all gone. Well, as you can see from the above picture, me with no I neck do. and my, my face attached to my torso <laughs> with my belly hanging over my belt. Oh, wow. That's a transformation, dude. So yeah, from that to that. <laughs> That's crazy. So how long did that take you? Uh, altogether about 20 months. So from, from 317 to 215. That's crazy. But That's you, insane. everything so, that I do. So obviously it's got to be a, a huge amount of workout, right? Nah, I work out four days a week every other day my workout takes about an hour and 15 hour 20 minutes that's it you know the biggest thing in my book i talk about is i'm not going to tell you what to eat i teach you how to eat because i still eat cheeseburgers i still eat my steak i still eat pizza i still drink remy from time to time i still eat cookies and ice cream so it's all about understanding what's in food and what it does to your body and how you should be eating them. Okay, so prime example, if you, I know I'm gonna have a cheeseburger for dinner, I'm gonna have no carbs for breakfast. I'll just have my bacon or my sausage with my eggs, no carbs. For lunch, I'll have whatever, whether it's grilled chicken with a salad or something like that. And then for dinner, I'm gonna have my burger with my bun, which is gonna be 24 grams of carbs with my side of fries. I like waffle fries, which are two grams of carb per waffle fry. So I'll probably put in about eight to 10 waffle fries, which will give me another um, 20 grams of carbs. So between the 20 and the 24, that puts me at 44 grams of carbs because I keep my carbs under 50 grams a day. And wow. I'm gonna enjoy my burger and my waffle fries. Same thing if I'm gonna eat cookies, chocolate chip cookie, 24 grams of carbs and one chocolate chip cookie. So. Boom, if I'm gonna eat it, I'm gonna eat two. White Fudge Oreos, I love those things, they're seasonal. 14 <laughs> grams of carbs and one White Fudge Oreo. So I know if I eat two, I'm at 28 grams of carbs. So I gotta take that from my carbs that I'm gonna have at dinner because I'm still gonna eat my Oreos. I'm still gonna eat my pizza. I'm still gonna eat everything. It's just a matter of knowing how to eat. You just can't do it at every meal and understanding that when how your body processes things. So. You got to, for me, I eat my carbs at night because the body is not going to process those carbs. Okay, so if you ate carbs for breakfast and you worked out in the morning, your body's not going to have those carbs available for you to use because it hadn't broken them down and processed it. So you got to give your body time to break foods down and process it. That's why I eat my carbs at night so that I have them available to me the next day when I'm ready to work out in the mornings.
Interesting. So it's a, it's a timing thing. It's, it makes a lot of sense. Now, is it part of your plan? Is it to really kind of talk about the micro meals? Like you have many meals throughout the day or do you just keep it to the standard three with some minor snacking? Well, I talk about have... that in the book as well. Mostly I okay. keep it to three to four meals a day. That's it. I don't count calories. I count my carbs first, my protein second. And then lastly, if I have to, I'll look at the calories on something third. But all I really care about are carbs and protein, keeping my carbs under 50 grams a day, keeping my protein at 100 to 150 grams a day, sometimes 200, depending upon the amount of muscle mass that I want to carry. Talk about all that in the book. I talk about habits versus routines because you never hear anybody say, oh, I got a good habit. What do you always hear somebody say? I have a bad habit. You know, so you got to notice difference between habits and routines. Routines are what's going to guide you to success versus habits, which tend to drag you down. You know, I talk about all that. I talk about dating. I talk about how your spouse views you when you walk in the room and versus when the guy who she sees on TV comes on the TV. You know, you see them drooling, looking at the guy on TV like, oh, you know, it's like <laughs> women are very physical creatures, as are men. And just because you're in your 40s doesn't mean you have to give up looking amazing. Because here's the thing about it. Most people at this age get divorced because of money and looks and lack of production. Those are the three factors. And we all know as a man, if you're not working out like you're supposed to, your hormone and testosterone levels will drop, which is going to make you refer to this little blue pill, which I hope to God I never have to take. But that's from lack of working out, you know, so I talk about that in training. My workouts actually are designed to boost hormone and testosterone levels as well, because, again, when you work out a certain way, it forces your body to build those hormone and testosterone levels to help it to recover and to build muscle. Because at 41, the world tells you I'm not supposed to have abs like that at 41. The world says, I'm not supposed to look like this at 41, but it's not true. It's all a matter of knowing the approach to take. If you know the right approach, it's easily done. It's very and, cool. And, and, and to further, you know, prove my point, my friend John here, here's John. John is 45. Do you see what John did? John did that in about That's six crazy. months. <laughs> wow. Using my program. He did that in six months. And he's 45. So it's doable. It's just a matter of, are you willing to invest in the process? And it's not an expensive process because my book is $14.99. And you know, one of the things people keep telling me, I give people too much for too little. Everybody wants me to raise the price. And my whole thing is I grew up poor. I don't want to make fitness inexpensive for people. You know, I want it to be a tool that the average everyday person can use because most people who sell fitness plans and other stuff, they're going to charge you around 80 to 150 bucks for the basic program. And they're going to make you pay a membership fee every month. People who buy my book, $14.99, I'm always here. They reach me anytime, message me, you know, and I respond quickly. And I tell them, you know, it's like I'm here to help. You know, a lot of people are here just to take your money because I could easily charge three times the price that I do for this book and people will pay it. But I wouldn't be able to sleep well at night knowing that I'm not doing what's in my heart to do. It's, it's really about helping people. It's, it's, it's kind of funny because you've turned from the player to the coach in so many ways in your life where you're now coaching kids. You're now you know coaching people through this book and through guiding through this stuff. So you're really kind of evolving to the next stage is like I've been there. I've done that. 
let's now talk about how you can get there and how you can do it. You know, and that's such a cool thing to be able to do is kind of start to give back, you know, and as we look back on our lives at 40, which, you know, is where we're kind of at, right? Um, You want to kind of see what your legacy is going to be. But it works on anyone because you see my son, I put him on the program in 18 months. He went from 254 to 170. Nice. (laughs) And he got some nice muscle definition from it too, it looks like too. Yeah, man. I I finally got him to lean out and trim up, man. So it it works for anybody. But yes, it's designed for people in their 40s and 50s. But it works for anybody, though. It, it's, it will. But it's more specific to us because there's certain things in there that we need opposed to what others will need. So, yeah, no, definitely. So what are your what are your plans for the holiday to keep? Uh, it is the season for a lot of temptation. Right. <laughs> so watch your carb count. Make sure you have your cakes and your, your cookies. Watch it. Have it in smaller doses middle of the day kind of thing or late at night and then you'll be able to work out in the morning and i'm assuming your book does a lot of like workout plans and types of exercise you're supposed to do things like that as well well there's three different six-week workout programs in there one for beginners one for intermediate and one for people who go to the gym regularly and looking to really challenge themselves so you know for a beginner you actually have 18 weeks worth of workouts in there that you can work through that will take you to a phenomenal place Nice. Very cool. So, so Ernie, that one's, that one's for us, the beginner. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that one's for us. Um, we're definitely going to have down below um, links to where, um, whether you're watching us on the podcast um, on YouTube, or if you're looking at us at our podcast, you'll have links below to where you can find the book. Um, do you have a, a website as well that they can visit to reach out to you or is everything in the book uh, and it's available wherever you can get uh, books that will change your life, if you will. Not to be uh, too, you can just, uh, my website, 40plusstrong.com, the number 40, 40plusstrong.com, 40plusstrong.com. And that will be down down below in the link. So definitely check that out, guys. Um, it's been a pleasure having you. I can't wait to see what you're going to do and, and how you're able to help these kids and get them through this rough patch and really become the engineering kids of the future and get everybody physically fit as well along the way mind strong mind strong body is definitely what you're going for the whole package so you you gotta have it all you can't have one without the other yeah and that's that's impressive to me i know ernie you're just grinning like a a kid in a candy shop over there so uh next purchase for christmas i know what i'm getting you now um a a robot and a book to lose weight and get yourself back in the shape you want to be and so for both of us stocking stuff for a holy guys nice and inexpensive and again you can't pay too much for your health and it's definitely sounds like a good way of going about it so visit his website below please subscribe to our channel like us on youtube of course here if you're watching us if you're listening to us on the podcast don't forget wherever you get your spot uh, podcast apple pod, pinterest we're on there we're on instagram we're all over the place to so come join the two nerds family check out our friend marvin here and his book and we will make sure you guys are physically fit by the new year uh and of course We hope you always will nerd out with us, no matter whether it's sports, athletics, or anything else. And Ernie, because it's all so important, and we don't say Merry Christmas, we say Happy Holidays. And in that PC world, we have a saying that's always non-PC, if you will, sir. Peace out. (laughs) Peace out, everybody. We will talk to you guys. No problem. We will talk to you guys next time. And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, 
and subscribe to their YouTube channel.